0: and coaching women, but in this coaching of finding their authenticity and their passion, we have to break down, peel back the layers, right? Of the social conditioning, of the generational wounds, of the past life wounds, of the limiting beliefs, all that stuff, pull back the layers to start allowing our inner spark to shine and find our authenticity. And that's what I did with myself all those years. I don't want women to have to go through the type of stuff that I went through to discover that there's a much quicker and easier way to do it if we just allow ourselves to start peeling back those layers and to find that true authenticity that's inside that only we know what it is and where it's at and what truly makes us happy.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Journey of a Fearless Female. I am your host, Paola Rosser, and this week my guest is Sonia Flores. She is a dynamic and compassionate midlife intuitive coach dedicated to empowering women in the middle years. With a mission to help women peel back the layers that society has placed on them, Sonia guides her clients to reawaken their inner authenticity, harness their true potential, and live midlife with intention. Everybody, please welcome Sonia hi welcome to the show
0: hi, thank you so happy to be here thank you for welcoming me paola i'm pleased to be here honored thank you
1: oh, well we're excited to have you so let's go back to the beginning of your fearless female journey where did this all begin
0: well you know the culmination awakening happens for me in 2018 but as we all know it really everything begins from our childhood right the mm-hmm. the learnings and the patterns and the all the blocks and limiting beliefs that, that are placed on us that we learned throughout the years. But I want to say that, you know, spirit has tried to push me in, in the direction in which I'm finally in for a very mm-hmm. long time. And it's one of those things where I just kind of just kept ignoring it. And I, I I would say that the first pivotal point for me was, you know, in my first marriage, you know, when things aren't working out and it didn't feel well actually you know what I'll take it even further back it was really kind of trying to always please my parents the point where you know my parents are first uh, they're immigrants to this country I'm first generation and I have this pressure on me as the eldest daughter to live up to what their American dream is what they came here to sacrifice for and so it was my job to to live that American dream, their American dream, and to to please them and to make those sacrifices not be in vain. So it starts there really in um Going to college and trying to select a career, and I wanted to go into fashion design. And my dad's like, "Nope, nope, you're here to make it, but you got to stay within here, right? Like, yeah, you're, you're only allowed to do
1: these things. Yeah, it's
0: like you stay <laughs> right here. None of this crazy artistic stuff, and then none of that, you know, fashion. No, with like no doctor, teacher, accountant." So mm-hmm. we go through that whole thing. And finally at the end, I'm like, I got to declare a major. I guess it's business, you know, and that made my dad happy. So I'm like, okay, well, that's what I'm gonna do. And so did that. And and at, at that point, I just kind of started going down the list of things I was expected to do because that's what made my parents happy. And that's what society expected. So college, you know, had the boyfriend, got married, had the kid, bought the house we had the careers where at one point my both like my husband and I had no longer married to him but I literally said we are living our parents American dream like mm-hmm. how awesome is this you know it was like yeah. a I was proud and but then you know I just as life has it right you know we had our second child and things just weren't feeling in alignment anymore it's like okay well now what? Right. And you know, things were kind of not working out with us. And you know, we'd talk about divorce and things like that. And it I just thought, no, what what made it work for my parents? Both of his parents and my parents were still married. And I thought mm-hmm. they just stuck with it. They weren't happy all along, you know, <laughs> Yeah, <sorry>. yeah. <laughs> You know, they just stuck with it. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna. Just stick with it, you know, at least until the kids are 18, and then I'll figure it out. And it just, you know, spirit just kept pushing me and pushing me and just like, oh, I can't do this. Like, I can't do this. And, you know, it came to one day when we we're having this discussion, this argument, and I just kind of had this out-of-body experience. And I looked down at myself, and I just thought, wow, she's really dumb if she's going to just go with this, right? Yeah. And I like pop right back into my body and I just said no I can't I can't do this. We're going to file for divorce after the holidays. It was during the holidays I said I'm not going to do this. And so that's kind of where I had my first kind of moment of huh, like there's something else, you know, and it's not outside of me. It's actually mm-hmm. within me something, right? Kind of still ignored it, go on with my life, still the corporate career. And I end up in another relationship. And at this point, um, you know, we've been dating for two years. We were in separate cities, 35 miles away from each other. And really the only way we saw that we could make it work per his suggestion was like, look, you've been a single mom doing it on your own, struggling. I see how hard this is for you. Why don't you and the boys move in with me? I'll take care of everything. I'll support you guys. You know, and then that way you can continue to take the kids to school in their city and not, you know, we don't have to uplift them too much from their roots, you know, either his son or my son's. And, you know, it's, it sounded good, you know, (laughs) I'm like, okay, let's, let's, (laughs) let's give this, you know, stay at home mom situation a try. You know, I wanted to be a stay at home mom in my first marriage and we couldn't do it. So
1: yeah, before you, before you move on. Let's go back to what you were saying that spirit kept moving you. Now, are you a spiritual person or would you consider yourself a religious person? Or what was your belief before
0: you had your out-of-body experience? Great question. I was religious and I wasn't religious in the sense of, you know, I was raised Catholic. We were married in a Catholic church. Both he and I were raised Catholic. Our children were baptized Catholic, you know, taking them through, catholicism and church school and all that stuff and um i wasn't although i i was building this foundation for my sons and i wasn't like a devout catholic but i did like to have the foundation and i still do and i still consider myself catholic but that switched you know Mm -hmm. the i now consider myself spiritual
1: Ooh, so Mm -hmm. in catholicism and i used to be catholic too but i it I switched when I was 17 years old and I haven't been a Catholic since. And, but I do believe that like Catholics do have like that spiritual sense. They do believe in spirits. They believe in all of the, you know, mm-hmm. different, um, I don't like even know if they saints, saints. saints yeah.
0: and angels. Yeah, and, like and they do believe beings. that
1: there's something else, but mm-hmm. I don't remember them ever talking about having an out of body experience. No, so when you had that experience, first of all, how old were you when this happened? And second, were you like, what the heck just happened?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so it's interesting. When this other body experience happened that I can no longer deny, I was about, I want say 35 already, 34, 35 years old. But prior to that, I'd had other experiences that just were unexplained to me. Just things Ooh, like, let's talk about those. So it was just, I, from when I was young, I was always interested in like, this ethereal world right like there's mm. life of beyond us like I, I I often thought as a child that I would see something a, a person a, a ghost if you will that's all I could mm. think about of calling it and of course I'd tell my mom she's like oh no 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 we no those things no 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 right it's <laughs> like make an, you throw salt by yeah, <laughs> seriously like bless me, let's take you to church and you know it's like it was like, no. So I'm like, okay, no. Oh, oh, okay. So the other things that happened while I was married, um, it just so happened that it was during this period of time, I would sometimes like be around like a pregnant person Mm -hmm. and I would just get this hit, like, oof, they're going to lose this baby. I would just get this knowing. And it was awful. The very first time this happened, I went home to my husband and I cried. I said, why am I having these thoughts? Like mm-hmm. I should be thinking about this. And then a couple of days later, I found out she had lost the baby. And I was like, this, um, this is weird. Like, why am I, why did this happen to me? Right? Like I, I felt awful. I almost felt like maybe did I make this happen? Like it was just really awful. Yeah. And then it happened again with another friend. And like, I just got this, like knowing and I just mm-hmm. took it out of my head. I was like, nope, nope, not thinking about this. This is, I shouldn't be thinking about this. Like, why am I thinking about this? This is not okay. And then a couple of days later, she mm. tells me the baby and I was like, okay, something's happening. Something's happening. This is really weird. So that was kind of just like the first signs of there's something else happening beyond me. But, I, but there was no explanation to it. And I had no control over it. And there was nothing good I could do with it. Yeah, <laughs> There was nothing I can do with that
1: absolutely not so and people probably thought oh that's just a coincidence
0: right just a coincidence but I think you never really explored it I never explored it after the second time I knew it wasn't coincidence I knew there was something else going on but I didn't explore it you know I was Single mom with two kids. I'm like, I don't have time to be yeah, looking. You're super busy. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm like, I got other things to worry about. <laughs> like, yeah. So I just kind of ignored it. Um, so the little things like that continue to happen. And I want to say that I was in that second relationship. We blended our families. You know, remodeled the house. The boys lived all with us full time. My two boys, his son. Um, you know, just living this life. I knew. The second day I moved in with him, I had made a mistake, but it was almost one of those things where at this point I had quit my corporate job. I had given up the lease in my apartment. I had sold all my belongings and I was like, holy moly. I think. What was
1: it? What was it that made
0: you feel that way? Uh, I saw what his lifestyle really was. Mm. And so that I got a glimpse of that. So I was like, wait a minute, you haven't been honest with me. There was no way for me to know this because I wasn't living with him. And that's, that was hard. I'm like, how was I supposed to know all this stuff aside from him just being an honest person, which you would expect people to be. And um, so that was just kind of like the first blue, the first thing. And then I thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm here now. I am, I'm here now.
1: Let's, <laughs> you know, let's make the boy. best of
0: it. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to make the best of it. Like, let's, all right, let's go. And it just became a very toxic relationship over the years. There were good times. There were very good times. We lived a very comfortable lifestyle with, you know, vacations, a nice home, a nice area, all the things of course, but inside, I just felt like I was just dying one day at a time. These hits kept coming. These just like intuitions and in the process of living with him in 2016, my father passed away. And that's when the signs and the otherness started happening. That's when I started picking up more on like these intuitive, intuitive hits and just really getting messages from him, getting having conversations with him in my dreams, it was like it started to explode. Mm. And what was happening is that I kept asking God, the universe, for a sign, right, about should I leave? now or should i wait till the kids are 18 like what do i do right like w- w- what is the right thing to do like i, yeah. I fucked up you know and, and, he- and how old are the kids at this point so at this point when we moved in with him i think my youngest was 12 and the oldest was 16 and okay. his son was 13. So it would um, be so like I'll two
1: more this. years if you waited or For the six more kid. years. Yeah, yeah. six more years. From,
0: from the beginning, right? Yeah. Which so is a I, long
1: time. Which is a long time. <laughs> yes, even then, two years, even one year to stay in a toxic year. relationship is a, even a month. <laughs> right. <laughs> a week.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, once you, once you discover it, it's not good. It's, mm-hmm. you know, once you discover you're in that toxic relationship, you you just feel like you're, dying like you're withering
1: yeah and but I so- understand that you felt stuck because you just like I yeah. said earlier you you let go of everything that was of yours you know which is one of the very first signs of a narcissistic abuser is that they isolate you and they take away everything that is yours so that they could have more control over you and so the moment he's like I'll take care of you yes we all think like yeah I don't have to do it anymore especially because as as a mother of two, I can only imagine, I'm not a mom, but I'm a stepmom. And I can only imagine having to work a full-time job and having to take care of your two kids as a single mom. That's a lot of work. So when someone says, Hey, I've got you, you don't have to worry about it. That Everybody would, you know, would say yes, without even thinking about what are the red flags or, or what are the signs that say, I shouldn't go. Everybody who's in that position would want to go because they need the help. Right.
0: And that was, and I was making good money, really good money, but I was burnt out. I was so burnt out and exhausted. And I didn't even know that others could see it. My son now tells me, gosh, mom, I want to cry. He tells me you were so tired all the time. And so it was like, I just felt like a, wow, wow he's gonna help me, you know, Mm -hmm. we're gonna help each other, you know. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that was the first thing. I didn't even know what narcissism was, but I discovered it. (laughs) (laughs) I found out (laughs) the hard way. Um, So can you tell
1: us some of the um, downloads that you were getting? Because you Mm -hmm. said, as soon as your dad passed away, it was like, everything started to explode like what were some of the signs and the spiritual Um, feelings intuitive notions that were pushing you to say I gotta get out (laughs) it's
0: interesting um I almost feel that they were always there little signs red flags all the things but I wasn't seeing it and I almost feel like when my dad passed away like he almost helped activate that in me and I just started noticing. So first of all, he, my father passed away January 30th mm-hmm. and my birthday was March 4th. So just a little over a month later was going to be my birthday. So it felt to me that as soon as we kind of laid him to rest, you know, my partner, my boyfriend was like, well, your birthday's coming up. And I, I know that in his heart, he was trying to cheer me up but he's Mm -hmm. like, let's have a party. We'll have a DJ. We'll cater it. We'll invite all our friends. I was like, Oh my God, no. Like the last thing I'm going to do is celebrate. Like I just lost my father. I have nothing to celebrate. Like Mm -hmm. absolutely not. I don't want to be around people. I was just, I was grieving still, but I know he meant well, you know, he wanted to make me cheer me up I get that and so I was like no 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 and I want to say probably a couple weeks before my birthday or maybe even a week before my birthday I had this very vivid dream with my father and he said to me it's okay Sonia it's okay to celebrate life goes on I want you to still have fun and dance and do do the things have the party and I was like oh my gosh so I woke up and I said okay I don't want to party, but if you want to do a dinner, not in our home, somewhere else where it's quick in and out, you know, I don't have to like deal with the whole house cleanup and all the people, then that would be fine. So we did the, he did the dinner and we invited, you know, my siblings and his, his family, his dad and his wife and then, you know, the immediate family And um, and a couple of friends. And his father toasted. His father did a toast for my birthday. And he said, and I had heard this before from him. And I had heard this before from his mother. You are the best thing that's ever happened to him. Uh, You know, he's such a changed man. He, you know, just things of this like this he was saying in the toast. And his mother had said things like that to me before, like, oh my gosh, he's such a changed man. I I owe it all to you. And and at the time I would take it as a compliment. But this time, this was the second time his father said that to me. And his father was a very serious man. He owns a big company, very professional, very business. And I just in that moment I thought, hmm, something's wrong. Why is everybody so? He's such a changed man. Who was he before? Yeah, you know what is happening. It just it was like, it was a big red flag to me in that moment. I was like, something's wrong. Something's yeah. wrong, with this man. It, it wasn't a compliment to me in that moment, and I don't know what changed. What it was because you know, I because I still don't know the change.
1: <laughs> right, right. You're like well, I don't know I what you're know,
0: seeing. Like I don't. I'm like, well, who was he before then that he's it's, it's so great now? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, in my mind, is, it's not that great. This <laughs> is great. I
1: can't imagine. Right? This is great. I'm like, wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're, so, you're um, like, you mean it gets worse? <laughs> right? Um, and so, so those were kind of little things that I started, just little things like that and signs from my dad all the time, like, some, I have, I still have his phone saved, his phone number saved in my phone, but someone texted me once from that phone. Anyways, my mother accidentally group texted us all and had that old number still in there. Uh This person with his number responded to me only and just like, God loves you and like stuff like that. And, but it has my dad's name on it. So I'm just like, crying and I screenshot it and I send it to my mom like hey you you're still texting dad stop but you know like this person texted me back and I'm like maybe he's it's a sign of something and she's like oh you're crazy whatever oh, just that's not crazy <laughs> I'm I'm literally driving at this point so I get to the house and I'm still like on this cloud nine because I saw my dad tell me God loves you and, and I'm just like it's not a sign and I go to my door And at the door, there's a postcard for like a tree service and it's Sergio's tree service. My dad's name was Sergio. And I'm like, Mm. this is is not a coincidence. No, not a sign. This was him trying to really let me know. And so it's just things like that. Right. And so the ultimate, I guess, a sign that finally got me to go was, um, you know, I kept asking for this big sign. I kept saying, you've got to give me a big billboard sized sign so that I know without a doubt, like this is it. And I got <laughs> it. And I got it. And it was not good. So what ends up happening is, you know, our boys are teenagers. At this point, my oldest had moved out. You know, he was in college. He was 20 years old. My youngest is 16. 16 and his son is 17 and they're teenagers and we're dealing we go through all the teenage stuff and so my son is is going through some hard stuff Mm -hmm. and I was up late one night with him and it was very hard it was the most difficult day night of my life and um, you know my ex is already in bed and he's sleeping and I'm trying to help my son and I go to the room several times and he's either asleep or doing a really good job at pretending that he is. And so I'm like, OK, I'm not going to wake him up. I'm going to deal with this. I'm on the phone with you know my kid's father and we're kind of talking through, OK, what do we do? Things did not turn out well that night and it was a very, very hard night for us. My, I finally went to bed. I want to say probably about two, three o'clock in the morning And at this point, my ex had gotten up because things got a little loud and had gone back to bed. And I just thought and hoped that when I went to bed that he might hold me or support me. I was falling apart. There was none of that. And Mm -hmm. I just, I was hoping for that, but I wasn't surprised. And I was just crying in bed. I just felt so alone and just so lost and in the morning, at well, about 7:30 in the morning, I'm already up. He went to to work very early in the morning, and around 7:30 he texts me from work text and tells me that my son is no longer welcome to live in the house. Wow. And I was like, "What in the is happening?" I was shocked, but then not And at this point, I'm in fight or flight from all the things that happened over the night. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't have time for this. I gotta go, you know, I I gotta go. We're gonna pack up our stuff and we're gonna go. And so I tell them, okay, we're gonna go. Um, I'm gonna, I may need a few days to figure out what I'm doing, where I'm going. Because at this point, I have no career, no access to money nothing to my name because we never got married, you know, so I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking my son, right? Like, okay, I got to figure this out. I don't even have time to get mad at this man. I'm like uh, onward, you know? Yes. No, no, you don't, you don't have to go just your son. I was like, no, no, no. no. (laughs) My son's 16. Where is he going to (laughs) go? I'm not going to turn my back on my son. He like, well, he has another parent. I said, he also has a mother and I'm going to be here for him. And I'm going to help him through this. Yes. I would, my, and I told him I would do this for you. And I would do this for your son. I said, of course, I'm going to do this for my own son. So yeah. first of
1: all, please, please congratulate yourself for choosing your son over this man. Because there's many, many women that do not choose their children over their toxic, narcissistic, abusive husband or boyfriend and or partner. And you should really, really, like your son is so, so special. And to me, I, I, when I interview women and I hear stories and I'm like, I cannot believe you didn't choose your children, you know, not the interviewee, but like they are the children that the parent didn't choose. It's really, really just commendable that at that point even though you didn't have any of the things you're like I'm not tossing my son out you know even though he wouldn't live on the street he could have gone to his dad's house like that could have emotionally scarred your son for the rest of his life and you chose not to which is amazing so I'm so thankful that you did that for him
0: thank you thank you so much and I didn't realize until I started sharing this story how much that happens that mm-hmm. women don't choose their children sometimes yeah. and that, that was heartbreaking for me that was never a choice for me so thank you i appreciate that um so in in this process of being with him i you know i saw the writing on the wall and i had started a little side gig you know doing uh, virtual assistant services started a little business which i still have by the way but just to kind of start at the time it was you know, fund money, you know, to help my sons, help them with the car, you know, things like that. And um, they started putting money away because I'm like, something's, you know, I just kind of, I need to, because I had no access to money without Mm -hmm. him providing that for me. And um, so I started putting money away. So in that moment of, okay, I got to go. I'm like, okay, here's the, here's the emergency fund. You know, (laughs) this is where that comes in. Uh, But that's all I had. I had enough to, to get into an apartment and, and pay rent for a couple months, um, but I didn't have credit. I didn't have a job. I didn't qualify to get into an apartment on my own. He wasn't going to do it. Uh, so I had to get help from my mom, you know, my mom co sign and help me get into an apartment. And I'm like, okay, I got enough for a couple months. She's like, well, how are you going to pay for the rent? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) And within, within two weeks, I, I don't know how, I don't even remember how, but I had enough clients to like, okay, I can make my rent and pay our bills. Okay. Now to help my son. And for the next couple of years, it was leaving no stone unturned to try to figure out how am I going to help my son through this, all the things. And, and I know it's, the message is a little cryptic, but I'm not at liberty to share his story. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but I had, we had to do all the things, you know, from therapy to counseling, to psychiatrist to, I went to church, I, you know, yeah. it's like all the things. And at the time in my virtual assistant business, I started helping women with their podcasts. And I had been doing that since 2015 with the women that I was helping um, in their businesses as as a VA. And um, there was this podcast that I was completely hooked on, which is spiritual. Mm. And it was all the woo-woo stuff. And I was like obsessed with it. And she put out a call for a VA to help her with the podcast. And I was all over that. And I got it. And in talking to her and sharing with her what I was going through, she's like, let me do an energy healing on you and on him. And out of all the things that we had tried in that moment, that to me had the quickest and most effective result Mm -hmm. in terms of what we needed in that moment. And so I was like, oh, there's something here. And it just took me down a, a rabbit hole. Um, I we you know I was I kept getting those done once a month, but it was becoming I wanted them more often, and I really couldn't afford it. And so I decided I'm going to learn how to do the energy healing. Mm. And so that kind of took me through, uh, you know, this this path of starting to kind of really, I mean, the awakening moment for me I feel was that moment of your son can no longer be here. That to me. I feel was the catalyst for me to just finally crack myself open. And so I started doing the healings on myself, on my son, and and on and on other people. And when I started to do these healings on other people, I would start to receive these messages. And I I would think, oh, Sonia, stop getting distracted. You know, you're supposed <laughs> to be doing this healing. Quit getting distracted. And I just kept thinking it was me, my mind, my monkey brain. And this one time, this message just wouldn't leave me. I had it for days. And I just thought, okay, I think I need to tell this person this message. And so I messaged him. And I'm like, hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? By the way, I think I'm supposed to give you this message. And so when I gave it to him, he's like, this is exactly what I needed. This is what I was telling my fiance. I needed to know how to move forward in processing the healing that you did for me. This is what I need. This is my action plan. And so I thought, okay, okay, that was cool. <laughs> that was <interesting." laughs> yeah. And so that's, that continued to happen. And so then I just started delivering those messages as I was doing the healings. And it was, it was always confirmation like, Oh yes, this happened. Oh yes. This makes sense. This resonates. And so I'm like, okay, this, this is happening. Like this is, this is real. That out of body experience, maybe it was all part of this, this piece of it. Right. And so, um, So, yeah, so that that's what happened. And and it it helped me to help my son get out of what he was going through. And it also started exposing me to all these other modalities that I started working with from journaling to meditation to breath work to past life regression. I got into all of it, all of it. And it just cracked open this whole new world for me. And, um, but even then I still felt like this whole energy healing part was kind of different and weird. And I just kind of started getting away from it a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, got better. My son was doing much better. He wanted to live with his dad. And, you know, finally I started getting to a point where my nervous system was finally starting to like regulate. Mm -hmm. And then I got mad (laughs) at the (laughs) (laughs) X from several years they'll go, Oh my God. Never, like how dare he I mean yes. I had to get like immediate help from my therapist because I was like I don't want to text him I don't want to message him what's done it's done but I am angry like yeah she's like well your your body is finally at a place where you can it can start processing
1: that part
0: yeah yes. before we
1: go on I wanted to just talk about how earlier you were getting all these little signs. And first of all, like I truly believe it was your dad who texted you. Um, I'm a huge, huge near-death experiencer. Like I love listening and reading about people's near-death experiences. It was actually something that really helped me cope with my father's death. And there was a story of a woman whose husband passed away and she kept his phone. It was no longer connected to any phone system and she would receive text messages from her husband. Oh, that's So, so cool. it really it really is they can they can on the other side communicate oh, yes. through electronics because we're energy yes. and energy it never ceases to exist. And so yes. I truly believe it was your husband, but I loved how you said I was asking for all these signs and source the divine god your your dad who is now connected to source because he's on the other side. We're giving you the signs. <laughs> Always. Were, and this is the thing, if you're Always. listening to this or watching this yes. on YouTube, yes, you are getting the signs. But yes. for whatever reason, as human beings, we are so mm-hmm. stubborn and we mm-hmm. think like, oh, that can't possibly be a sign. Like the right. sign of like Sergio's landscaping. Oh, it's too small. There's no way. Or, or the text message. Oh, that's just a coincidence. My mom was on the group text. We try to rationalize yes. in our own human limited mind that the sign wasn't a sign. And so then we asked for the big sign, like, give me the huge, like you said, oh the God. billboard sign. But but then that's like, you know, like you said, it was a huge explosion of whatever mm-hmm. happened in that home at that time. Yes. So if you're watching this and you're listening to it, adhere to the little signs. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. like Oprah says, you know, yes. the universe is always going to whisper to you, you know, yes. and you can accept the whispers and acknowledge the whisper. Or wait for the brick to hit you over the head. Correct. And And so for whatever reason, we always wait for the brick to hit us over the head. Um, my other thing is like, I, you know, I personally just am um, really, really believe that you were not on the right path. And so everyone has a path on this earth. We all have our spiritual contract that we sign. We're here to do something. When we're on the wrong path, our highest self. Our spiritual self, our guardian angels, you know, like she said, as soon as her father passed away, she had yet another guardian angel who even visited her in her dream, which happened to me too. My father visited me in my dream, corrected her path. Because she was on the wrong path. She was in a relationship with the wrong person. She was putting herself in harm's way. That wasn't what she was put on this earth to be. Somebody's concubine in someone's house being someone else's, you know, whatever. She was meant to do this work. She was meant to do this work. And so her highest self, her spiritual self corrected her. She could have listened to the tiny signs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but she waited. She waited (laughs) for the brick over the head. And so, listen to the signs, listen to the whispers of the world. Like, you have a path that you have to follow. It's like that was the soul's contract that you made that you were supposed to do. And I love that now you are doing this energy work and that you were open to all the healing modalities. And I love that you said that you. You and your son tried the therapy, tried the counselors, tried all the things. And I, too, went down the same path. I was trying, you know, I went to church three times a week. I said the Lord's Prayer multiple times. I got baptized. Like, I was like, what is wrong? Why am I not feeling a change in my body? And I, too, went into all these different healing modalities. And energy work was the only thing that really healed me and has helped me um release the layers of pain and trauma um, but as you're listening to this or watching this everyone is different and every healing modality works differently right. on each person mm-hmm. um so can you tell us a little bit more about like what first of all what's the name of your healing modality and mm-hmm. um and like how does it work what would a potential client
0: mm-hmm. um, experience when working with you yeah Thank you. Thank you so much for for that introspection. You are speaking my language. That is exactly what I'm always telling people. the the little whispers and like the whole thing. The, that's that's my story. That's my mission, and that's what I'm here to do. So the energy healing modality that I learned that my my friend, she's now a very dear friend of mine, this woman that I was working with, um, is pranic healing. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it's, it's, it's basically you go, you clear the negativity in the body of the, the energy, the negative energy in the body, you realign it, you seal any cracks, you know, that the energy could be escaping from fill in the holes. Um, so the, the purpose is to make that, allow that energy to flow freely through the entire body, through all your chakras so that your body could be in optimal health uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, and um, so it has the ability to help heal physical ailments because when the energy is running freely through the body, then it doesn't allow those physical ailments to form, um, and and the same goes with you know mentally and and emotionally and all that stuff.
1: And do you have to be but in person to do
0: this? No, no, and they don't even have to know about it, Ooh. but it helps that they do because then. The intention is on both of our parts, right? I set the intention, you set the intention, and then I ask you to visualize yourself like this. There's this whole little preparation. It just increases the receptivity of it, but you know, in the case of my son, he was just like, mm-hmm. you know, so I'd be in the other room doing my whole thing. He had no clue. <laughs> he out a different person the next day. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, there it is. <laughs> you know, he had no clue what I was doing in the next <laughs> no room. No <laughs> clue. <laughs> and um, so that's how that went. And I did that for, for I, 2020. I did that heavily. A lot of people were coming to me um I started doing group energy healings every month or even twice a month and it was so beautiful and so so wonderful it I was thriving in my business my VA business but then I was also doing these energy healings that were bringing me it basically allowed me to pay off all the debt that I had accumulated you know when I was trying to like survive and And I think that the reason why I was doing so well in that time is because I was moving in the direction of my path, right? In this whole energy healing and helping people. But, you know, I paid off my debt and, you know, things were good in my business. So I decided to go just full force and heavy on my business and, you know, masculine energy and all that. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) let me put this whole energy healing thing aside. And again, about a year ago, I'm sitting here, big plans, beginning of the year, and I'm standing here by my desk, and I get this message, this, this voice that tells me, you are meant for more. Mm. That clearly. And of course, I know it's not outside of me. I know this message is coming from within me, but you know, I'm startled and the very first thing I do is like look around. And of course, I don't I don't see anybody. I didn't think I would, but it was like, okay. And that moment I said, all right, I'm here for it. I'm ready. What is the more? Show me, and I will do it. And uh, I got excited. You know, I was like, okay, here I go. This, this is it. I was ready for it. And, um, you know, within a couple of days, I I saw this program, a coaching program, you know, and I thought, oh, this sounds really exciting. I'm going to do this. So I started going through this coaching program, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to coach women. I had already started my podcast. I'm like, And the podcast was kind of really just to share about this midlife stage, you know, of all the things that we start to go through and the body changes, all the things in midlife. And I was just kind of sharing my story and bringing on guests to like talk about all these things and questions that we have at this age. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to coach midlife, you know, women in midlife and, there was this psychic medium that all the other women in the group were working with. And she was helping them like with their business, like, okay, this is what you're supposed to be doing with your business. And I thought, Ooh, I'm going to do this. Like uh, this is all up my alley. <laughs> and so I go meet with her and it's like a 90 minute session. And the minute she starts tapping in and my spirit guides are present and all that, she said, she opens her eyes to me. She goes, you're a healer. You're a healer what are you doing? Wow. And I was like, what? So yeah. And she's like, with your hands. And I was like, okay. So here I am trying to like, get away with it, get away from it, you know? And she's like, no, she's like, this is your mission. This is what you're supposed to be doing. She goes, and you could do coaching. She said, you can incorporate it with your Yes. She goes, and also you're a channel, you get messages all the time. And I was like, so it's not my monkey brain? <laughs> she's yeah. said, no, these are. You actually- mean, you're like, you mean yeah. I'm not crazy? <laughs> you know, like, these conversations I have with myself and these dreams. And she's a no, that is all messages you're getting for the people mm-hmm. around. So then once my coaching program was over, I took a program with her. And so she helped me develop this kind of make sense of it. And, and now this is what I'm doing. You know, oh. I'm using. I'm coaching women, but in this coaching of finding their authenticity and their passion, we have to break down, peel back the layers, right, of the social conditioning, of the generational wounds, of the past life wounds, of the limiting beliefs, all that stuff, pull back the layers to start allowing our inner spark to shine and find our authenticity. And that's what I did with myself all those years. I don't want women to have to go through the type of stuff that I went through to discover that there's a much quicker and easier way to do it if we just allow ourselves to start peeling back those layers and to find that true authenticity that's inside that only we know what it is and where it's at and what truly makes us happy. Mm. as we do that, everything is so beautiful. (laughs) Ah,
1: It's such a beautiful journey that you've been on. And it's such a beautiful journey of discovering your true authentic self. And I love what you're doing now. I am so, so grateful that you got out of that toxic relationship and that you helped your son and that you did everything. That's a like to have, first of all, I don't have a relationship with my mom. So I'm like, it makes me sad to know like that I didn't have a mom that would choose me, you know? And it's sad because it's like, you do wish that your mom would do everything in her power. And you did that for your son. So your son is so, so very, very lucky to have a mother like you to go to the ends of the earth, basically to Mm -hmm. find how to make him better and how to get him healed. And he, I I hope that he is returning with so much gratitude, but as we wrap up this episode, what would be your nugget of wisdom that you would leave mm-hmm. with the listeners who are listening or watching on YouTube? If you're watching, make sure you hit subscribe.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, what would be your nugget of wisdom? Yeah. So you know my my nugget of wisdom is always it starts with the women in midlife that I that I help. Right? Is that it's never too late to start all over again, to change, to do the thing that you really want to do. There i was at 46 driving away with nothing nothing to my name and we can do it we're very powerful but the second piece of nugget that just keeps coming up now that i'm starting to share my story more and more is follow the whispers follow those little hits of intuition it's not craziness it's not nuts it's not selfish It is, you deserve it. We deserve it. The world deserves it for Mm. you to listen to those little whispers. And if you don't listen to those little whispers, they're going to get louder and louder and louder until you realign yourself with your true authenticity and your soul path.
1: Yes, beautifully put. All right, how can my audience find
0: you? Thank you. Yes, I'm at, uh, well, I have a podcast, Modern Latina in Midlife. So that's on Mm. all the podcast directories. Um, my, uh, Instagram is, uh, modern Latina in midlife life as well. And then on my website, you can find all the goodies, Sonia flores.com. Um, you know, my, my coaching programs, individual sessions and, um, and, and group, group healings, which I'm doing once a month. So that's a really great way to kind of just you know, experience what a healing could look like. So oh,
1: thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. If you're looking for a life coach or a spiritual mentor, you can book a free discovery call with me at www.fearlessfemale.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at fearlessfemale underscore coach. Subscribe to my YouTube channel at fearlessfemale or find me on TikTok. I'm under at paola.rosser. And if you love this episode, make sure you hit subscribe, share it with your friends and leave a review. I read every single review and I truly appreciate the time you spend writing it.